0: Angered is a production of the Classic Learning Test, based in Annapolis, Maryland. Reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Hello, and welcome back to the CLT offices. We're glad you're here. Today, we're joined by President Tim Gibson. President Gibson is the seventh president of the King's College, a Christian liberal arts college in New York City. Tim Gibson also spent 32 years as a pilot in the United States Air Force prior to joining King's. If this is your first time listening to us, I'd like to take a little bit of time to explain what Anchored is. This is a podcast where our CEO, Jeremy Tate, engages in conversations with leading thinkers on issues at the intersection of education and culture. We appreciate your feedback, so please rate and review this episode and send any questions or comments to anchored at cltexam.com. Don't forget, our upcoming CLT exam will be held on December 4th. The CLT is an online college entrance exam for 11th and 12th graders. To learn more, visit our website at cltexam.com. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the conversation.
1: Welcome back to the Anchor Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. I'm here in the heart of Lower Manhattan with President of the King's College, President Tim Gibson. President T- Gibson, it's great to be with you today.
2: Hey, thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate you having me on the on the podcast.
1: So, President Gibson, you have an amazing story as a college president. Uh, your own daughter went to the King's College, had an amazing experience, but your own background was not academia, it was military, uh, which is fascinating. Tell us a bit about your journey into being a college president.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so as you, uh, as you highlighted, uh, I spent my professional career... In the United States military. So I went to the Air Force Academy for my undergraduate degree and uh, graduated there in 1988, went off to pilot training, and then was trained to fly jets for the Air Force. And I spent 32 years uh, in the Air Force doing a a variety of jobs, got to fly all types of different airplanes and and literally serve all around the world whether it was uh, flying the aircraft that I was trained for or deploying in support of operations uh, anywhere Mm. around the globe. Um, One of the things I, I turned out to love about my career, although I wouldn't have necessarily anticipated it is although I was trained as a pilot, I never commanded a flying unit. All of my command responsibilities were always on the support side of the air force Uh, which turned out to be uh, a a very enriching way to understand what it actually takes to keep a mission moving. Um, Hmm. It's not just about the airplane. Somebody's got to fix those airplanes, (laughs) fuel those airplanes, load those airplanes, you know, all the things that go alongside uh, take care of the runways and make sure that there's healthcare and and whatnot for the crews. And So it turned out to be a fascinating career. It was, Hmm. it was really fun. But uh, toward, uh, oh, let's see, the time when my oldest daughter was probably 15 or 16 years old, uh, we were stationed in Colorado Springs. I was the the installation commander for the Air Force Academy at that time, which was great because it was my alma mater and we love Colorado. And uh, as a family, it was just a a great assignment. But uh, she came to me and said, you know, Dad, I've been looking at colleges. There's this particular college in New York City called the King's College, and I'm really interested. So, you know, can we go visit? And, uh, and so kind of looked a little bit at the, at the online footprint at that time and said, sure, we'll go visit. And I can recall I'm telling my <laughs> wife, uh, don't worry. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not very comfortable with this whole New York City idea either. That was my first <laughs> assumption. It yeah. was mistaken, as it turns mm-hmm. out, which you'll discover here in a second. I said, uh, we'll go visit. We'll we'll figure out whatever reason it is that Jessica should not attend. And uh, it's going to be fine. She'll look at other schools and, and you and I will be more comfortable. <laughs> right? But what I didn't know at that time, and my wife didn't admit to me until later, is that she and Jessica on a previous trip to the Northeast had actually visited the campus and Jess was already in love with it Mm. and my wife was kind of on board so this was just a matter of yeah how do we convince dad okay and so sure enough we came and visited in 2011 and uh I can recall being pleasantly surprised by a few things okay Um, first I hadn't visited New York City Mm. since the early 90s and New York City in 2011 was not the New York City of the hmm. early 90s at all. The city was had just really come to a much more vibrant and um, and uh, enthusiastic place. Even yeah. around Times Square, that had such a terrible reputation from back in the day, was hmm. much safer, much improved. You know, so I thought, huh, that's that's not so bad. And at this time, uh, the King's College campus was three floors of the Empire State Building. Wow. And of course the empire state building is a pretty iconic location. And yeah. so I was, you know, I was pretty impressed with that, but not really blown away. Um, unexpected to me was uh, really what, what flipped the switch in, in for, for me was when we got to sit in on one of the classes okay, and uh, just listening to Dr. Harry Bleetler, hmm walk through arts and ideas from a Christian worldview from a completely explicitly Christian worldview and discuss Hmm. this, this painting that I was completely unfamiliar with, but then put it in context of its history and politics and just the other dynamics that surrounded the time of the artist and the person who had commissioned the work, uh, you know within 5 minutes i was scrambling around in my wife's purse looking for something to take notes with and yeah. uh, i would have never anticipated that and so i can recall walking out of that classroom and turning around over my shoulder to my daughter and saying i don't care if you get to come to kings i'd like to come to kings <laughs> i didn't realize god was going to take that wow. quite so literally yeah, yeah. um but uh, sure enough, Jessica did end up coming to Kings in 2012. Okay, it's the same time frame that we moved down, uh, moved the campus down to the uh, to the financial district. Um, by my daughter's sophomore year, I had been reassigned to the Pentagon, so I was down in DC. Okay, and then by her junior year, I was assigned you know, to a base in New Jersey. And so for the three years of Jessica's four that we were on the East Coast, my wife and I volunteered at the school. Okay. And we would come up on weekends, and we'd be here for to talk to uh, parents of of prospective students, and mm. and typically it would it would go something like you know we don't work here, but we have a daughter who goes to school here, so if you have any question as a parent, you know what that's like, mm. you know we we'd be happy to try and answer that. But in the course of that, then we got to know the staff, the faculty. Okay. We got to know the city a little bit better, and eventually my predecessor reached out to me and and asked what I was thinking about doing. After the Air Force, and uh, had I ever considered higher education? And my answer at that time was, well, no, I've never really considered higher ed. And if I did, it (laughs) certainly wouldn't (laughs) be in New York City. Yeah. Uh, But we loved Kings, and we loved the mission and the people. And so my wife and I prayed about it and uh, eventually got to the point where we chose to retire from the Air Force and uh, and transition to the Kings College in New York City. Initially as the executive vice president. In 2016, just a few months after my daughter graduated.
1: Yeah. So 2000, you know, four-year degree-granting colleges in the United States. Um, is there any college that's even kind of like King's with, with being in the heart uh, of one of our biggest cities and really clear uh, about who it is? Uh, you're, you're a Christian college, uh, giving students a Christian worldview and, and a lens to understand culture and finance. Um, is King's kind of totally alone in, in, in what it's offering?
2: Oh, I think if you, if you consider all the characteristics that combine to make the secret sauce of Kings, yeah, we're pretty unique in our, in our space. We, we've got what we would consider the, our four commitments and they're yeah. prioritized uh, in terms of you know what we hold most dear to hmm. what we hold maybe not quite as dear, but we're still committed to. So okay. the commitments would be uh, first and foremost, our Christian worldview. And uh, I mean, that's, it's just who we are. It's, it permeates everything we do, whether it's curriculum development, whether it's, yeah. you know, how our, our courses and content are presented um, mentoring in the hallways, you mm. know, th- those kinds of things, it's all going to happen from from that perspective. And, and we certainly hold that most dear right behind that is our, our commitment to our core curriculum. So we have, of a politics, philosophy, and economics core curriculum. Okay, it's uh, it's a very Oxford model. There are a few schools out there that yeah. also have a PPNE core. Yep. Um, but we feel like that is the appropriate foundation. If you really mm. want to create solutions to man's challenges, yeah. you can't just sit back and think about it. You can't do it at the expense of not understanding how man interacts with man, nor can you do it without a, a thorough understanding of what makes man flourish. Right. Mm. you got to, you got to combine politics, philosophy, and economics. And so our second commitment is to this core curriculum, but then branches off into our majors and our minors and things like yeah. that after the first two years of a, of a student's experience. The third is our commitment to how we do community. Okay. Um, and that, that goes uh, for internally to the college. Um, we don't have a Greek system. We, we have, again, more of an Oxford model house system. Okay. So we, we have uh, six ladies' houses and four men's houses. Okay. Each is is named in honor of a particular leader uh, who is, has been inspirational or influential in some way, shape, or form. And so much of our community uh, is structured around the house system. Okay. Um, but then it also has to do with how we interact um, and with each other and, and the city around us. And the city is sure. our fourth commitment. So each okay. of our houses, for example, is aligned with a ministry in the city, whether it's the Bowery Mission or sure. International Justice Mission or Charity Water. Each house has a, a ministry partner. And so we're, we're trying to not only inculcate within the classroom these virtues, but then actually go put them into action in the community around us. So Christ, curriculum, community, city, and okay. in that order uh, is. And so I think when you combine all of those things, um, we're, we get to a pretty unique uh, place very quickly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so what is it like? I'm, I'm the dad now of a rising sophomore in high school who who loves New York City. And if she hears that she's going to want to do this, um, <laughs> I I've heard a lot about about this summer academy, about kids who are, are interested in Kings, getting a chance to kind of experience it for a, a week or so and, and then getting a chance to actually get college credit as well. Is that accurate?
2: Yep. It is, it is accurate. So Yeah, this was a a really terrific idea uh, brought forward by a a small group of our professors who really wanted to take advantage of the summer timeframe, who recognize that finding students who are a great mission fit for what we do matters a great deal. Uh, But then there's also this opportunity to uh, help parents and families uh, see the potential of what it's like to study in New York City. And so we created these one week courses that are credit-bearing, as you you mentioned. Um, And they're targeted at different tracks. So we've had tracks on uh, political economy, um, journalism, sports journalism, Mm. uh, leadership, uh, the arts. And so we'll find students, uh, rising juniors, rising seniors in high school who are interested in studying these things. They'll join us in the city for a week. Uh, They'll come to class uh, on campus. Uh, very frequently, these, these uh, Summer Academy courses also include some form of field trip. Um, so certainly mm-hmm. when I taught the leadership track, for example, which was structured around uh, the Battle of Brooklyn from the Revolutionary War era, and we were studying leadership decisions and the implications out of those decisions. We would study during the morning, but then go to a particular place where one of the pivotal events uh, mm-hmm. happened on the ground in, yeah. in, uh, in Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, for the sports journalism track, there there might be a you know go to the Mets game and we're going to write about something that we witnessed during the game and and so New York City is just a fabulous place to have right outside of our front door is our campus hmm. to not only talk about great ideas but then actually see them play out or walk out uh, just as we and we go up and down Broadway It's yeah. it's remarkable
1: you know, President Gibson on, on the way here I was talking on the train to to one of our our great new hires in marketing, Karen Murphy, uh, and who's a recent outstanding Hillsdale graduate of the year, and she was telling me that at the very end, she was right between Kings and Hillsdale, and she said that she didn't know that she was mature enough at that time to go and live four years in New York. What would you say to, to maybe high school students or parents if, if they love the idea of Kings but they're just a bit a bit nervous about the idea of living in, in America's kind of biggest city for four years?
2: Yeah. Okay, so it's a great question. First of all. Uh, because King's really is, uh, we're looking for those students who are ready to embrace uh, a very independent, uh, uh, college experience. Right. Um, so it sounds to me like Taryn probably would have done great at King's, uh, but, uh, at the same time, uh, it's, it's sort of a discerning question for her Mm -hmm. to have, who have, have asked at that time. We don't have a meal plan, for example. Uh-huh. And our we don't have dormitories, per se. We, we lease apartments within mm. the city, and ours, then we sublet those to the students. And so these students are shopping for groceries for themselves and cooking for yeah. themselves and commuting on the subway, just like New Yorkers do every yeah. day in and around uh, the city to, to get to class on time. Uh, mm. We have a business casual dress code. Um, and uh, we, we're pretty serious about that so that when students uh, graduate, they've got a business casual wardrobe ready to go right out of, yeah. their, right out of their, uh, their undergraduate time. Hmm. And we've got phenomenal opportunities to plug students into internships. But there are companies like PricewaterhouseCoopers and J.P. Yeah. Morgan <laughs> and other really no, notable um, uh, places. So we have a young lady I was speaking with just a couple of weeks ago who's interning this year at CVS. Okay. Uh, you know, and so, uh, it, it is, it does take a student who is, is ready to embrace those things. Now on the flip side of that, because of our house system, you have an opportunity for built-in community right there for students who did exactly what you're thinking about okay. a year before you, or two years before you, they're okay. going to take you under their wing and they're going to say, this is how I do grocery shopping. This is how I do meal planning. Yeah. This It's, it's absolutely achievable. It's very, very doable. And as a consequence, we, you know, King's graduates are, are they walk across the stage, they get their, their diploma and they're they're full up. They've been
1: adulting for
2: four years at, <laughs> at the college already in New York yeah. city and they're exceptionally capable.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, there's three colleges I visited where you notice right away the way the students are dressed. It's really different. And that, that's the King's college Christian and then the university of nevera in Pamplona, Spain, King's students, they, they look professional. It is such a difference. I mean, the number of college campuses I visit where you see people wearing pajamas yeah. or their flip-flops and hoodies, you know, and, and it kind of makes the whole college just a bit less professional, a le- bit less serious. Uh, I love that you're doing that. Um, tell us a bit more about, about the internship opportunities. Uh, they kind of, you know, it, it's interesting that that the main problem facing so many companies uh, is trying to find morally, ethically grounded Uh, young people. King's is doing exactly that in the financial district in Manhattan. Um, Where are some of the the King's College graduates now over the past couple of years?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, they're doing remarkable things. So first of all, so let me let me take a step back and, and talk a little more about how they get there. I mean, we do have an Office of Career Development led by Matt Herman, who uh, is a, a published author. Uh, What's best next is one of his books and um, getting unstuck is, is another of his. Yeah. So he is an extraordinary networker and, hmm. and his office will, will help with things like interview prep and reviewing resumes and, and just helping facilitate connections. Those connections are very often made by our faculty, however, because our faculty uh believe very strongly in both halves of our mission statement. The first Mm. half talks about preparing students to lead and and to eventually, or to shape and eventually lead strategic public and private institutions. But the second half is all about faculty engaging Mm. in the public sphere today while they are faculty members. These are not the sage on the stage or Mm. those who can't (laughs) do teach. These are, these are folks who are very much, um, engaged in what they present in the classroom. Hmm. And so because of that, they're current on what's happening in the marketplace, whether it's journalism or business or the arts. Um, and they know the people that are making the hiring decisions. They, they have a sense of what internship opportunities might be uh, available already or should be available if the company only thought that, hey, you should create an internship for that. yeah, And so um you know, over ninety percent of our students have at least one internship while they're at King's. Sixty-eight okay. percent of them have more than one while they're undergraduates, and uh, and so they will consequently go on very quickly uh, to uh, to. Oftentimes, those internships will will turn into full time positions. So yeah. our, our student body president right now is is interning with National Review. Um, um, hopes yeah. to work with National Review, uh, you know, permanently. Right, you know, immediately thereafter. Uh, National Association of Scholars is another place where we've we've had a number of, of so. King's uh, alum end up. Um, we see uh, graduate schools uh, being a, a very uh, common place for several of our students. Um, and yeah. Law schools, um, so Harvard Law. Uh, I know uh, a couple right now at Chicago um, you know, for, for law school and they've done some pretty remarkable things. So for example, at Harvard, um, one of our graduates, uh, at, at Harvard law, uh, ended up creating uh, a pro-life, uh, student wow. org at Harvard. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So that was just a few years ago. Uh, it, it didn't exist it clearly needed to exist. And, mm. and he, he got that done, you know? And so, uh, I love seeing what, the king's graduates go on to do and almost more than that how quickly they are to turn around and find Mm -hmm. somebody to follow them into whether you know whether it's a law school or a a particular um, finance or investment company or or, or other things they're very quick to to want to network folks like them into those same opportunities
1: mm. um let's talk for a bit about kind of core curriculum at king's you know when i was a college counselor for years one of the big shocks was when admission reps would come into our school and their selling point was that you didn't have to take anything you didn't want to take if you don't want to take english don't worry about it if you don't want to take math you don't have to take it um wh- what is the core curriculum like at king's in terms of uh what what every student can expect to be doing
2: yeah well, so it goes back to that uh, politics, philosophy, and economics. Uh, it's, uh, it'll comprise 60 of the 120 required credits uh, for a degree at the college. And so it's if you're going to take the full four years, it's two years, uh, essentially, of, of that type of work. And so um, one of the things that we've, we've talked about and uh, really have committed to each time we've discussed it mm-hmm. is that we don't have a statement of faith requirement. For students to attend, kings. Okay. Um, so for full-time staff and faculty, we yeah. all sign uh, the same statement of faith. It's on our website. It's it's it very, very obvious uh, what it is we stand for. Okay. Uh, but for our students, we have an open admissions policy when it comes to matters of faith, and so we will have students that are Protestant. We have students who are Catholic. Students who are uh, Muslim. Okay. We have students who are who um, you know I have no particular faith affiliation that they'll yeah. that they'll identify and in in every case those students uh, still have to take the same core curriculum wow. and so it will it will consist of of four uh bible related classes for example so christianity and society will be one of the required classes that every student at king's takes okay um the other courses are going to be those that you would expect in terms of maybe uh, american political thought and practice Mm. Um, trying to think what some of the from the more uh uh microeconomics macroeconomics you know so you're going to get a smattering across the way of the politics philosophy and economics core curriculum and again Mm. If somebody wanted to really look deeply and carefully at that, it's all listed on our website of exactly what those those courses would be.
1: That's great. Uh, and let's talk about the future for a few minutes before we go. what What is your vision uh, as the president of the King's College? I guess going into now your, your fifth year, uh, what is your vision for the next three to five years? where Where do you want to see Kings go? Yeah, thanks for asking. It's uh, you know Covid has been an
2: interesting season for every college, no matter where you're located. And uh, so but there's been some some really positive side effects that come out of it. Yeah. So uh, we were forced, like many schools, to do more online uh, yeah. in synchronous format than we had ever intended. Okay. Uh, as a consequence, we, we learned some really interesting mm. uh, ideas about uh, what can be done that maybe we wouldn't have considered previously. Okay. So I could see us doing much more online. Yeah. um in in that sort of way we've had uh real success in recruiting terrific mission fit students if yeah. you were a student who came to the king's college it last year during the, you know really when covid was was as as prominent as it was you were doing it with malice and forth yeah. <laughs> you, you really wanted to be here yeah. and plugged in right. to what it is the king's college stands for and does and consequently um, we see that in our fall to fall retention numbers right now. So yeah. more of these terrific mission fit students is exactly what we're trying to do. We, yeah. we can nearly double in our current physical space here on this campus the the number mm. of students we've that we've got yeah. capacity to uh, to teach. And oh. so I am eager to uh, to maximize that. Yeah. Um, both in person and online, because yeah. what we do and what our graduates are capable of is needed in so many places.
1: You know, and I, I was encouraged to hear that you're about thirty percent homeschool students. Right, uh, that that's amazing. That's that's exciting. That that's one of the higher percentages I, I've heard of. Um, and so, homeschool students, parents uh, listening to this, to King's College uh, is a great place. And how, how do they do? Uh, how do your homeschool students do on campus?
2: Oh, you know, typically pretty well. So. Uh, just to, you know, full transparency, the Gibson family has homeschooled all three of our kids all the way through. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so our, yeah. our oldest came to King's. Our, our number two went to the Air Force Academy. And, and okay. number three is, is a rising high school senior okay. right now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, our, our daughter came to King's, uh, did, did very well, went on to graduate school and communicated that she felt exceptionally well prepared to be there,
1: okay.
2: uh, which was great because uh, it was Columbia and it's, you know, it's pretty,
1: wow. yeah pretty
2: okay. uh, well respected program and wow. for good reason. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we, we see King's uh, students who are, who are homeschooled being able to, to fit very quickly mm-hmm. um, make
1: deep connections that in many cases will be lifelong I and mean, will go well beyond
2: just graduation.
1: Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, final question. So we always end the anchor podcast uh, talking about books. And so, mm-hmm. I'm interested for your answer with with your unique background in the military, and so you know, professionally, personally, maybe a, a book that you come back to and reread, you know, every year, every couple of years. Uh, what what stands out to you?
2: Well, when I am uh, when I am talking with uh, with our student leaders in particular, that tends to be the hmm. the group that I get to spend the most amount of time with, and they ask me for the one book if if I was just going to be able to <laughs> scope it to, yeah. to one recommendation. Um, I would I I will typically point them to uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, okay. The the notions of of self governance okay. and the ideas of of private victories and hmm. more public victories things like seek first to understand and then be understood, hmm. uh, which is one of Covey's um, habits. For example, I find it to just be a, an exceptionally pragmatic. Uh, approach to uh, to life, yeah, uh, and, well. and I've I found those to be I found that to be the case, you know, in the military now, out of the military, um, that that they're certainly they're not derived directly from script scripture, um, but they are are very much yeah. uh, supportable in many ways uh, from our Christian worldview. There there's certainly nothing antithetical in there. And so I found that to be a, a particularly useful uh, book that I'll reach for, you know, pretty frequently, you know, over the years, as you say, every, every year, maybe not, but every yeah. couple
1: three years, I'll, I'll go back and embarrassed to say I have not read it, but it is on the list now.
2: Well, it, it's a, uh, it's a pretty remarkable piece of work. You know, it, it published many years ago. So I think I just have a little bit more gray hair than you do perhaps.
1: And uh, this is the Anchored Podcast. We are here in, in lower Manhattan in the heart of the financial district with President Tim Gibson. President Gibson, thanks so much for your time today. Jeremy, I appreciate you. appreciate your audience.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchored. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.